He's excited about Christmas just around the corner. Amen. And uh, obviously Christmas is being ushered in. Who is enjoying the heat? No! <laughs> no. <laughs> who loves it that we have aircon here at Forever House? Yeah! Amen. Thank and you, Lord. pray for those people who don't have an aircon at home uh, yesterday. Hopefully you somehow made it fun. Who was in the pool yesterday? A couple of you, yeah. I think we kind of lived in the pool yesterday afternoon. It was awesome. All right, well, welcome. We're going to uh, jump into a new teaching series. First of all, let's thank Samuel. Thank you, Samuel, for your time on the page. Thank you, Sammy. We're going to start a new teaching series called The Inner Core, and uh, I'm going to be bringing this one. And next Sunday is Pastor Sarah, and uh, so it's uh, good. We're excited to uh, partner together. Who thought the, the music today, the worship today was anointed? I did. Very powerful, cutting through the atmospheres. Hey, before we start the word, I just felt as during the worship, um, I want you can stay seated, but I want us to just have a time of prayer that's specific in terms of being thankful. Let's 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 uh, be thankful in our prayer, thanking God for who He is, thanking God for what He's done, thanking God for what He's doing. Um, so many times, I think we can focus on what we're frustrated with or what we don't like. Um, but the Bible teaches that it's, if we're thankful, it helps to get our mind and our heart and our spirit focused on the goodness of God. It can help to break through negative thinking. It can break off even a spirit of depression in your life. So wherever you are, however you want to focus on God, we're going to close your eyes. But let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, that you are a, a God whose character is perfect. You're a God who is whole. And because of that, there's no brokenness in you. There's no betrayal in you. There's no wrongdoing in you. We can put our trust and our hope in who you are, God. We thank you, Lord, that we can lean on you, that we can go to you. We're thankful, Father, that we can um, talk to you. We're thankful, Father, that we have been saved and we've been set free by the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your Son and the work of the cross, that the power of sin and death has been broken. We thank you, Lord, Lord, that you're our provider, that you're our God who blesses us and pours into our life. We thank you, God, that you've given us the Holy Spirit, Lord, to empower us to love people and to uh, serve this place, serve this kingdom, serve uh, your cause, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father, for what you've done in our life. We thank you, Lord, for the healing that you brought into our life, for the breakthroughs that you brought into our life. We thank you, Father, for even what you're doing right now, even the things that are not yet seen. We thank you, Lord, that you're moving on our behalf, that you're working on our behalf. We thank you, Lord, that you're advancing our lives. You're helping us, Father, to enlarge. You're helping us, Father, Lord, that your hand of favor is upon us, God. Lord, we are thankful, Father, for what you are doing and who you are, and we give you all the praise and all the glory and all of the focus in our mind right now, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And so I wanted to start this with an atmosphere of thankfulness, and uh, we've called it the inner core, and I wanted to share why we've called it the inner core, this teaching series, for the next three Sundays. And... Uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm not a fantastic example of the analogy I'm about to give, um, so please forgive me in advance, all right? But in terms of the analogy I'm going to start with is we've caught it the inner core because we're going to talk about the inner part of us. We're going to talk about how the Bible teaches that our core values, everyone say values, our core values individually but also as a faith community following Jesus strengthens us. If we have strong exercised, clear, uh, core values as people who are working together, that we'll be strong as a church, we'll be strong in following Jesus. And so, you know, there's truth in terms of having a strong physical core. Everyone say physical core. And your core is the support of your entire system. So I've done some research around your physical core. Everyone take your hand and put it on here. Right, hopefully your hand is nice and firm upon your firm core. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am prophesying a firm core in my physical body. I am prophesying a firm <laughs> core in my physical body. So interesting research. Your core muscles play a huge role in your everyday activities. Did you know that? From getting out of bed, to walking down the street, to bending over to grab your keys, most importantly, they literally help you to stay upright. Everyone say upright. Upright. And uh, I've got a quote here from an actual physical therapist called Meredith Mer 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 McHale, and she says this, 
That's because your core muscles are the base of support for your entire body. They're the base of your support for your entire body. They completely surround and support your spine and pelvis and connect your upper body and your lower body, effectively transferring forces from one to the other. Um, we've got another expert, or another quote here from um, Meredith McCow says, a strong core helps keep a more upright and strong posture, whether you're being active or just sitting at your desk. Think of it like the tree trunk of your body. Uh, it has to hold its ground so that your branches, your arms and your legs can do their thing any which way. This last bit about the inner core, in terms of our physical body analogy. Core strength is crucial in every movement you do. That stable base is super important when you start moving. The ab muscles play a dominant role in movement in every plane of motion. There's a, I'll give you some technical terms now, there's a plane of motion called the sagittal motion, which is forward and backwards. Also then there's frontal uh, motion, left and right, and transverse motion, which is rotational. Who's ever done uh, with those, you know, what do you call them? The medicine balls, that's right. The core worked left and right or rotational. And so we know that physically our abs or our inner core, the central part of our physical body, actually the strength of it impacts our ability to move, our ability to be flexible, our ability to move without pain, to be able to move without restriction. It impacts every other part of your body. Turn to the other person and say, I am motivated to work on my inner physical core. Well, that was very, very exciting. I'm motivated to work on my Maybe we, some of us will slightly superficially commit to that. I won't suggest that I was or not. Amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, the same is true with us spiritually, that when it comes to our inner core, we know that the Bible teaches that our identity is reborn. So everyone say identity. Identity. Identity is that you and I, the Bible says, once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and we get baptized by the Holy Spirit, we actually get infused by the Spirit of God. We become one with the Spirit of God. We Amen. become a brand new creation Amen. in Jesus Christ. And so our identity gets reborn. It completely gets reshaped. Uh, all of the failures of the past, everything that caused us to maybe to live in under a curse. We go into a place of blessing and our identity gets uh, wiped clean. Who loves the idea about that? Come on now, someone get a little bit more excited. Okay. So our identity is the first part of our inner world. You know, Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. So the first key to the kingdom of God taking shape and giving birth on the inside of you is your identity shifts from a, a being cursed to being blessed. You become brand new. You, the, the, um, the shackles of sin of the past get uh, torn off your life. It's a fantastic thing to celebrate. But what's interesting is when your identity is the absolute inner core of who you are and it gets changed because of your impact of Jesus in your life, then what happens is your values start to be impacted as well, and also your beliefs. Everyone say values and beliefs. Values and beliefs. Values and beliefs. And so I don't have a whiteboard here today, but there is a model that I actually use quite a lot when I'm coaching people around actually bringing permanent change to their world and their life. Um, and that is that their identity first has to change. You can't change someone's behavior or choices first, or habits. A lot of times we fall short in life because we're trying to change our habits, or we're trying to change our choices, or we're trying to change our behaviors that are frustrating us and not giving us the result that we want. But uh, the way that we're wired, the way that humans are wired relates to our creator. The way that he's created us is that for your choices, for your habits, for your behaviors to change first, everyone say first, the inner man has to change first. And it starts with your identity and then your values and your beliefs. Everyone point to your head. Right? The Bible says that transformation comes from the renewing of the mind. And so we know that the inner world, everyone say inner world. Inner world. Everyone say inner man. Inner man. Okay? That inner person, that, that who you are on the inside, your identity, your values, and your beliefs really get impacted first. And so as a church, as a body here, 
of many men and women of God, it's important for us to understand that uh, for us to build strong as a church, we have to have a strong inner core. Who believes Amen. that? Come on now. Amen. And so I want to share this scripture with you. Now, you're going to notice if you were here, um, we had a couple of Sundays where Pastor Sarah preached a one-off message. Chris did a fantastic job last Sunday preaching a one-off message. But before that, we had a three-part teaching series called Building Strong. And this teaching series, the inner core, is related to that teaching series. Uh, there's a strong connection. So let's go to this scripture, Acts 2, chapter 42 to 47. You can notice the first part of the scripture relates to our previous teaching series called Building Strong. Let's read this out. Acts 2, 42 to 47. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, or you can read with me on the screen. So this is talking about the early church. This is talking about when Jesus ascended and then the Holy Spirit empowered the church and the church gave birth and to, to believers and the church started to grow. And there were certain elements that we studied in the Building Strong teaching series last month where we looked at certain things that helped the church to grow strong. And now we want to look at things at a different angle that are from the deeper part of the scripture. So let's read this out. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now that particular part was what we focused on in the last teaching series. We talked about to build strong, we can leverage off the model of the early church and know that fellowship, which we learned was not just hanging around with each other, but fellowship is participation, and it is also partnership, so it's about getting involved, taking ownership of the local church vision. And then also breaking bread is hanging out, building relationship with people, building sense of love and community with people. And then the third one was prayer. So prayer, actually getting together and praying with people, that there was these three main connection points. Everyone say connection points. Everyone say connection points. Connection points. There are these three main connection points that help to build the church strong. But now what we're going to do is we're going to look at some core values, some key values. Another word for values is attitudes. Another word for attitudes is mindsets. Another word for mindsets is kind of priorities that were in the people's heart that as the Holy Spirit flowed through the early church, there were core values that they connected with. And so let's read this. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So God was moving. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Amen. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. That first value there is the value of generosity. Another word is liberality. We're going to be talking about that as part of this series, but not today. We won't be talking about that one specifically today. But everyone say generosity. Generosity. There was a spirit of generosity. There was value put on generosity. It was one of the core values of the early church. Next, it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They met together. There was a real sense of unity. There was a real sense of gathering. They came together and they protected unity. Everyone say unity. Unity. Now, I, I think this year I probably preached three, maybe three, three, four times on different angles of unity. Today, I'm going to be bringing one of my most passionate types of topics and that is unity. And I'll tell you why. Because unity, I don't think you can ever over-teach unity or over-preach unity. God is Amen. so into unity. unity. Unity is an absolute essential building block to a healthy church community. It's so uh, important for building a strong family. And so we want to uh, preach on that at a different angle today. So they, they, they met together. They had unity. Thirdly, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad... And sincere hearts. Another interpretation says, with joy and gladness. Everyone say, joy and gladness. Joy and gladness. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so in summary, there were these three spirits or three values, three attitudes, these three particular things that as the Holy Spirit flowed through the early church, the people put an emphasis, they put an importance they put a value on a certain thing that helped them to grow and connect in a strong way. The first one was a spirit of generosity. The second one was a spirit of unity. And the third one was a spirit of joy and gladness. Who knows if you've got God living on the inside of you, you shouldn't look like you permanently are sucking on a lemon. Who knows that? Come on. <laughs> Amen. You know what I'm Amen. Saying, right? You might have some moments. You might have some days. It's all good. But you shouldn't permanently look like you're sucking on a lemon sour pop lollipop. You know what I'm talking about, right? 
Good. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm full of joy today. I'm full of joy today. Turn to the other person and say, the, strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Alright, good. And so, this is the scripture that we're going to uh, dive deep into. What's interesting is today we're going to focus on unity. And I want to talk about the spirit of unity. You know, the Bible declares that the early church continued in one accord. They were unified in purpose and vision. They were intent on being in one mind, one heart, so that God would be glorified. Now, what's interesting, when we talk about the spirit of unity, it's interesting because when we look at a particular scripture, a scripture that you probably have heard of before, but I want to look at it in a slightly different angle today. Paul said to labor and keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And so he was saying it requires to keep it. Everyone say keep. keep. To keep it means you've got to work at it. You've got to actually put some effort in. Right? It's not something that just, oh, um, I'm born again and now I'm a Christian, so unity will just always be present. No, you've actually got to be intentional about it. It's something you're going to fight for. And uh, again, we're talking about the local church today. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about the workplace. We're talking about home as well. You've got to be intentional about it. But there's a particular scripture here. We're going to look at it. If we can go to it now, Psalm, Psalm 133, verses 1-3. to three. We got that there, team? Maybe we haven't got that. No. That's okay. We'll, we'll let you find it. But I'm going to read it out here. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the Jew of Hermon, Descending upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commands the blessing like forevermore. And so there's three particular parts that I want to highlight here around unity. If we've got that, Leroy, I think we've got one, two, three, um, and we've got like a split screen on each. We put number one up. Cool, awesome. So the first thing here, number one in this scripture here in Psalm 133, is behold how good and pleasant it is. For brothers to dwell together in unity. So the number one benefit to unity is God declares it's good and it's pleasant. So not only is it good and pleasant to God, he puts value on this value of unity. He loves it. It's important to him. Uh, it brings him pleasure. It's pleasant to him to see his people dwelling in unity. But also, know he's saying and declaring it's good for you. It's good medicine for you. It will bring pleasantness into your soul. Who knows if you're always in contention with someone, it doesn't always, it's not bringing pleasure to your soul. No, it's bringing friction and frustration to your soul. In fact, it drains your soul of energy. Who's ever felt that before? If you've always got, you know, contention around about you. And so he's saying here, the first thing is, it's good and pleasant. Now, when God says that something is good, and God says that something is pleasant, who knows if we're following that God, we should put value on the thing that he puts value on. Amen. Come on now. Yes. Yep. We should lift it. We should elevate Amen. it to a place of value in our lives. Amen. Of importance in our lives. Something that we are intentional about. Something that we're deliberately evaluating. What's the level of unity like in my life? Am I sowing into it? Or am I causing something else to actually affect it negatively? It's something that's important to God. He's saying this is good and it's pleasant, but let's go further. Number two, if we can go there. The second thing is in this scripture, God says that unity is a key, a massive key, an essential key for the flow of the anointing. The anointing is the enabling power of God to, get to equip you through God to get things done in your life. Who here has a goal this year? Yeah. Yep. You're, you're allowed to raise your hand. It's okay. <laughs> Who here has a vision? Who here has an assignment? Who here has some things you're working towards? Okay. Who here wants to do all of those things in your own strength, hoping for the best result? Who here <laughs> would prefer to have the anointing of the miracle-working creator that we worship, yes. the anointing, the enabling power of God Amen. on those assignments. Yes. Right? And so this scripture here is saying, well, did you know that unity 
has a direct impact on the flow of the anointing in your world. In fact, if we reverse that, disunity or discord can restrict, if not hinder, if not stop the flow of the anointing. You know what I'm talking about, because have you ever had an argument, and rather than going from the argument with someone, maybe that you love, and repenting before God, getting your heart right, getting restoring unity, you go from that argument, from that immediate place of atmospherical discord, into a spiritual moment where you're trying to draw on the Lord. Come on now. Yeah. And you're trying to ask or inquire, have you, I, I have. <laughs> There's been a moment where, you know, I've had, and I'm just about to do something spiritual, and I've had some type of a disagreement that's gotten heated, and then I'm trying to operate and partner with God, and who knows that that feeling of operating or partner with God feels very different when you're right in the moment of disunity or discord. Everyone say it's hard work. It's hard work. Because there's an impact on the anointing. And so I believe that in this teaching series, particularly part one, which is on the spirit of unity, that our value as a church, one of our core values is unity. Why? Because it's one of God's core values. It's a kingdom value. Amen. And so we want to understand the importance of unity. And again, this is not just in terms of unity of our church, but it's also within your teams within church. It's within um, your homes. Within your marriages, with your children, your extended family, workplaces. The more times we are able to sow unity and we're able to build an atmosphere of unity, God says the anointing will flow. Let's have a look at this next one, number three. Specific blessing. Actually, before we go into the specific blessing, can we just go back a slide? We'll go back to number two. I just want to highlight this a little bit here. So we also see in the scripture how unity produces the anointing. Throughout the word of God, we see God doing powerful things in the midst of those who were unified. God moves with people unified. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord in one place. They were operating in unity and all those who were in unity were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. And so I just wanted to highlight that particularly, that not only is it that the flow of the anointing comes, but God moves when people are united. God will move on your behalf. God will bring the supply. God will bring the manifestation of the plan. God will start to bring the breakthrough. You know, we were doing the prayer of Jabez a couple of months ago. We had our guest speaker, Pastor Ben Naitaker. And my challenge is we can be praying enlargement, blessing, favor, protection, breakthrough, God. What a great prayer. But yet, if we're not intentionally protecting unity, not intentionally sowing unity, then we might have our bad days, we might have our rough weeks, we might have our shocking months. But God knows our heart, and God's saying, hey, we can pray for these things, we can ask for these things, but have we connected the bridge between praying for enlargement, praying for blessing, praying for breakthrough, praying for protection, praying for God to move, and you're not investing enough to build an atmosphere where God can move. Amen. Where God can move. We know this is true because Jesus Christ himself, our Savior, that we worship, he was inhibited to move in the powerful, miracle-working power of God when there was an atmosphere that wasn't conducive to faith or miracles working. We know in his own town, people were so familiar, they were gossiping about him. Oh, he's just a carpenter. Is he really? And when he was trying to operate in the same miracle-working anointing in that place where there was gossip, slander, backbiting, there was a, a, an atmosphere of discord, an atmosphere of cynicism, an atmosphere of questioning, an atmosphere of kind of, what do you think? Like, seriously? He just, he's got big tickets on himself, hasn't he? He's just the carpenter one. He's calling him the king of the Jews. I mean, they're just getting a little bit excited here, aren't they? Don't think seriously. But bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, bit by bit, these little conversations, this sowing in the atmosphere around the whole township, impacted the atmosphere 
So Jesus himself, who we know relied on the anointing to, I mean, when he was declared by his father, the Holy Spirit, the dove came upon his head, he was commissioned by the very anointing of God. The father said, this is my son who I'm very well pleased with. He anointed him and he appointed him in that moment. Jesus flowed with the anointing because it's it's a biblical template. It's the formula. And so we know that this key to unity can impact what atmosphere are we building? What atmosphere are we building in our local church? What atmosphere are we building in our local church teams? Are the conversations you're having in your team the same conversations that you're having in your car when you're driving home from being with that team? Or are they quite different? What kind of conversations are you having in your workplace meetings when your boss is there? And how do they compare to the types of conversations you're having with your peers or your colleagues when your boss isn't there? What are we sowing? What atmospheres are we building for the anointing to flow? Number three, if we can go there now, number three is interesting. Notice I haven't just put the word blessing on here, but I put the word specific blessing. Specific blessing. And it's because, yes, the anointing brings breakthrough and it brings us, you know, the power to get things done. But this scripture also goes on and says that God, where people commit to dwelling in unity, in a certain place, in a certain location, in a certain heart, team, area, that God will bring a specific blessing to that place, to that location, to that group of people. Here it says here, the third thing specifically stated about unity in Psalm 133 is that God will command his blessing in that place. Everyone say place. It says, for three, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. The church that operates in a spirit of unity will have God manifest his power and glory there in that place. So again, we can have a prayer meeting like we did last Thursday, which is awesome. We talked about one of the connection points as we get together. We can pray. Thank you, God, for unity in the house. Thank you, Jesus, and that's part of building unity as we're speaking out. Thank you, Father, that our relationships will strengthen. Thank you, Father, Lord, that people will carry the vision in their heart. Thank you, Lord, that friendships are growing and developing. Thank you, Father, Lord, you're helping people to grow in their relationship in Jesus Christ at Forever House. Thank you, Lord, for an atmosphere of unity. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that there's there's a one heart, there's a one spirit, there's a one mind in this season. We can be praying that, but then what are we doing to invest into that outside of the prayer meeting? Because God says where people actually dwell in unity, the word dwell means to commit, to sit into, to actually intentionally invest into, to dwell in unity, he will command a blessing in that place. As I was preparing this message, I heard the Lord say, tell the people, I want to bring some brand new doors to open for blessing. Now, sometimes we have different definitions of blessing, but I said to God, you know, what does blessing mean? Because a lot of times I teach, hey, when we talk about blessing, let's not just focus on the bank account, right? Because blessing come with enriched relationships, all different types of blessings. But specifically, when I was praying for this message, I closed my eyes and God said, tell the people, there are some people here where he wants to bring you a home that you will own. There are people here, he wants to bring you a specific promotion in the marketplace. He wants to bring you that future husband, that future wife. He wants to bring you those children. He wants to bring you the promises that you have in your heart. And I think sometimes... If I can just share this, because I think it brings some really positive alignment. I think sometimes, yes, the Bible says that we don't 
earn our salvation. Yes. Correct? Yes. It's not by our works. No. We receive the salvation of Jesus Christ because of his work on the cross, Amen. because of what God has done. And we receive, receive it freely as a gift by faith. And then we become saved and brand new. Yes. Who thinks that's awesome? That it's got nothing to do with my work. It's got nothing to do with what I do or what I don't do. I receive the salvation of Jesus Christ as a free gift. But then our response in walking out our salvation is that the Jesus that we've just received is also, who knows that Jesus is the Word and the Word is Jesus. Amen. And sometimes, if I can share with you a little bit, sometimes I have people who you know, they might say to me, I'm not saying from this church, but maybe you might be a visitor, that says to me, hey, you know, the message that you preach, you didn't necessarily talk about the cross today. Why is that? And so some people, you know, they think that every time the word gets preached, it always has to be about the Gospels. And let me say this, the Gospels are absolutely important. We should be preaching the Gospel. We should be preaching the cross. But did you know that Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus? Amen. Come on now, I want you to catch this. Jesus is the Word in flesh. So we should always be preaching the cross and always be preaching the gospel. But that doesn't mean that we don't preach any scripture or any principle that's godly who actually is Jesus outside of the four gospels. Amen. That's why we should be referring to Old Testament scripture because there's principles in there that are still true today that Jesus has manifested because of the work of the cross. We should still be teaching it. Yes. There are principles in James. James doesn't talk about Salvation. He talks about what you should be doing because of your salvation. He talks about your character. He challenges you in the book of James. Now that you're a Christian, now that you're a follower of Jesus, respond to the grace of God by sharpening your character, making right choices, living a certain way. And I think sometimes, though, we can have a knee-jerk reaction in the world as Christians to say, oh, but... It's going to be all about the cross. Well, absolutely, the anchor point is the cross. But sometimes, if all we want to hear is the story of the cross, then it means that all we want to live in or live by is the grace of Jesus. Of course, all we live by is the grace of Jesus. But we have to respond to that and actually take on the principles and work it out in our life. Otherwise, we're only going to always be babies wanting to feed on milk. Are you hearing my heart? Yes. Praise God. Are you hearing my heart? So that's why someone may, you know, hear this message and go, oh, why are we talking about principles that makes, you know, the church more healthy? Because Jesus Christ has died for the church. He's coming back for the church. These principles that we're pre- preaching here, Old Testament, we've got stuff from Paul. Jesus is the word and the word is Jesus. We Amen. are preaching Jesus. Amen. Every time we refer to scripture and we bring the teaching out in love, we are preaching Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I think sometimes people like certain words. Because maybe it's nice or it's easy. Other words are more challenging. I want you to think about when was the last time you read the book of James? It's one of the most challenging books in the New Testament that talks about your character. So when we look at unity, the spirit of unity, I want us to think about... The fact that what we do in terms of investing into unity in our life is a catalyst to bring specific blessing at specific times. Yes, it is. So I want, I want everyone to say this after me. I, I have, to have to take responsibility. Take responsibility. I have to take responsibility. Let's close our eyes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask for Sammy to come. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Flow through this place. Lord, let your presence be evident here. Lord, I thank you that your presence brings a washing over 
in people's hearts. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us with the condition of our hearts this morning. Yes, Lord. Help our hearts to be like fresh soil. Yes. So the word can actually take root. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, that we can receive the word. That it can be fertile in our heart. Fill this place with your presence, God. Thank you, Jesus. I just want you to open up your eyes. I want to share a couple of other points before we close. Lee, well, I'm going to get you to work with me. Can you go to the next slide? Got that one there? What we're saying here is when you work to achieve unity, God in your life, then what you're doing is you're actually working to achieve blessing in your world. Does that mean that unity is the only thing to bless it? Well, first of all, we've talked about the cross, that we have to become saved to come into a blessed life. Amen. But can I say this? When we become saved and we accept Jesus into our life, we have to take responsibility for now how we walk out that walk with Jesus. And I think today we want to take stock of how's our walk, how's our unity walk going. Before we do that, can we go to the next slide? I want to highlight something here directly about God. It's the Trinity. Understanding the Trinity. Can we go to the next slide? I think we've got like a quote on there. First of all, the scripture here from Ephesians. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Church, I want to share with you from my heart today, this is why God is so into unity. Because the Trinity itself is a perfect model for unity. If you look at this scripture, whatever want to pay attention, actually look at this scripture, everyone open your eyes. The first part here is actually talking about the Holy Spirit. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope and you were called. One Lord, now it's talking about the Son. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then it's talking about the Father. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit of God are three but one. The same as we've probably got 60 people here. But the Bible says we're one. 60 individuals, but one. And I want to go to this next slide, this amazing quote that I want to read to you, which talks about that God actually models unity. This is why he himself, when we look at being Christ-like, when we look at being ambassadors of God, we want to resemble who God is, and we want to put value on the same thing that he values. This quote here from a Christian author called Ortberg says this, God exists as Father, Son, and Spirit in a community of greater humility servanthood, mutual submission, and delight than you and I can imagine. Three and yet one, oneness is God's signature. Before this bit, this bit that I was reading, he was saying that he grew up as a Christian thinking that God was this proud, kind of strong guy with a beard, telling people what to do, and if they didn't do what he said, he maybe set them over, giving them some correction. But he was saying there's actually this They all submit to each other. They all point to each other. He he was sharing in this particular uh, revelation that, you know, the father would always say, look to my son as an example. And then Jesus would wait on the spirit of God. He'd also go to the father and he'd pray and he'd get down. So they'd all look to each other. They'd all actually point to each other instead of taking the glory themselves, they actually all referred to each other. I want you to think, just right now for a moment, how can you take the Trinity example and use it to model off in terms of how you flow with other people in your local church? 
how you flow at work. Because a lot of times the reason for discord or lack of unity is because it's a matter of the heart. Amen. It's a matter of, I want the attention, or I want that, or it's my opinion, or it's where I'm coming from. But the Trinity, actually, the Godhead, three and one, is a perfect resemblance of how to not only create unity, but how to protect unity and maintain unity. Because how they relate to each other is they all refer to each other. They all point the picture, sorry, point the finger to each other. They say, focus on. The Father says, look to my Son. The Son goes to the Father to receive revelation. Jesus said, you're going to do greater things than me because I have to leave and then the Spirit is coming. The way that they all relate to each other is in humble submission and pointing the finger of attention to the other. Everyone say to the other. To the other. To the other. And so I want us to now look at these last slides. Leroy, we're going to go really quickly, so you and I are going to partner together. Yeah. I want us to finish off today by inspecting your walk. Everyone say, inspecting your walk. Inspecting your walk. So we're going to do a little bit of homework. As we go through these, don't think about your neighbour. Don't think <laughs> about your parent. Don't think about your Christian brother or sister. Amen. Don't think about Love your church tomorrow. leader and think, oh, I'm going to analyse how this, how's that work? No, no, no. I want to encourage you to self-analyze your own walk. This is all about how am I walking out the spirit of unity? We're going to look at these. You ready, Leroy? Yep. Number one, here we go. So unity is an issue of the heart. It manifests outwardly in our behaviors. And so the first one is inspect your walk. Unity will flow from a close personal relationship with God. See, if you don't spend much time with God, it's going to be hard for you to build unity because it's going to cause you to feel focused on yourself, tired, fleshy. So number one, how's your close personal relationship with God going? Number two, a walk that maintains personal integrity. Think about this. How are you going in honoring your word? How are you going in having a conversation in one room with some people and then a conversation with different people in another room. Is there alignment? Do you talk differently about someone when they're there versus when they're not there? What's the level of personal integrity in your walk? Because if there's alignment, we're not talking about perfection. Thank you, Jesus. We're covered by the blood of you. We're not talking about being perfect people. But we're talking about growing in maturity. And part of that is working towards integrity in our personal walk. Number three, keeping this in check, a humble attitude. How's that going for you? You know what really encouraged me? I think would bless God even more than me. Is that you'd be motivated to write these down. That you'd be motivated to make a record of these and think, you know what? I just don't want to think about these now. I want to use this as a great checklist. Because watch this. The whole first half of this message wasn't challenging you to be unified. The whole first half of this message, and I was very strategic, so let me be transparent. I was teaching, why would you want to be unified? I was teaching on the benefits of unity. I was teaching on that if you protect unity, if you build unity, that God will bring a blessing, pour out, He'll command a blessing. See, church, this first half of this message was focusing on why would you be motivated? Everyone say motivated. Motivated. Why would you be hungry? Why would you want, personally, to analyze how you're going with your union walk? And so as we go through these, don't think, oh, this is a correction list. No, this is a list to empower you, to evaluate so you can improve, you can fine-tune, you can strengthen your walk community because you will benefit. Because God commands a blessing when people dwell, which means commit. You can't commit to building unity if you're not willing to self-evaluate where you currently are. So I think it would really encourage the Lord, more so than me as your pastor, that you'd actually be motivated to want to write this down. Take a photo of the screen and think, God, I want to use this as a template to keep self away. Humble attitude. Number four, a diligent walk. 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So what we're saying, a diligent walk, it's actually working on protecting unity, working towards building it. Number five, a gentle spirit. All these ingredients that help us with our alignment to the value of unity. Number six, a tame tongue. Is your tongue like a wild brumby? Maybe do you, maybe you broke it in and then it's become wild again. Do you need to break your tongue in again, like breaking in a horse, get the saddle, get the bit in its mouth, pull the reins in, get that tongue tamed again. Number seven, an attitude of love. Number eight, a focus on the vision of the church and not one's personal interests. Number nine, we've got 12 of these, three to go. Like-mindedness. Paul says that believers must be like-minded. It literally means to think the same thing. Number 10, a walk that maintains the same purpose as the team. Number 11, to care for others the same as you care for yourself. And the last one, number 12, forsake selfish ambition and vain conceit. I think we all know what the word selfish ambition is. Notice it says selfish. doesn't mean you can't have ambition. Saying forsake selfish ambition, which is all about you. And vain conceit. What does conceit mean? It means a real over-inflated self, sense of self-importance. And notice the word vain is on top of that. <laughs> so vain can see. I mean, that's full on, right? I want everyone to close your, close your eyes, bow your heads. Father, help us, Lord, to evaluate where there is an area that we need to work on. Let us pray that we will make a commitment to work on those areas. Lord, we're all different. Some of those 12 we might be naturally good at. And some of them might be our weak spots, our blind spots. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross, you rose again on the third day, that we're not defeated, we are victorious people. And I thank you, Lord, that you're perfecting us as we walk with you. And I thank you, Lord, that today we take a step towards being more intentional to fight for unity, to focus on this principle, this value of unity. Father, I thank you, Lord. Strengthen even the value of unity in this house. Help people's hearts to put more importance on it. Thank you, Father, Lord, that even though unity is strong, Lord, that we can always strengthen it, God. Because it commands a blessing. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that in our hearts, as we have fertile soil, we allow the word to take root. We self-evaluate. On these 12, we commit to working and fine-tuning on those areas that are weak. Lord, we ask that help us, God. We can't do it in our own strength. Spirit of God, power of God. Lord, when we humble ourselves this morning, Lord, that you would pour in and enable us and equip us to strengthen in those areas, Lord. And your word says that we will benefit, Father. Lord, that you will command a blessing. Father, I thank you, Lord, that not me, the preacher today, but Lord, you, by your spirit, you would motivate people. By your spirit, you would stir people. 
by your spirit, Lord, you would establish a desire within people to put greater value on unity. We told you and lift you up. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord, pour out your spirit, Lord, where healing has to take place in people's hearts. Maybe where they've tried to build unity in the workplace or at university or in their family or in church life before and they felt being hurt or misunderstood. Maybe they've been experienced sometimes the, the frustration of when there is a lack of unity or discord. Or if anyone needs healing in their heart, healing in their emotions. Lord, do that work in your name, Jesus. Have your way in this place. Let your healing power be activated in people's hearts. Bring restoration to people's hearts. Lord, we put our trust in you. Lord, our hope is in you. I thank you, Lord, that your word will not return void. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Why don't we give him some praise here as we finish up this morning.